0: Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Cosberg. Every week I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right, hey everybody! Welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kosberg, and have a great guest for you today. I think you're going to learn a lot from and uh, really enjoy, especially if you are a student of leadership development, or you realize that in every day and in everything you do, you probably are a leader. Whether it's in your house or uh, in your business, or maybe just working for a career with somebody else, you need to develop your leadership. So, Ed Everts is uh, here with us today He's the founder and president of Excelsius Leadership Development They're based out of Boston uh, He works with successful leaders to increase their self-awareness So they can manage themselves more productively Don't we all need that? As well as with successful teams to ensure that their time together is uh, as productive as possible With smaller organizations that are maybe at a pivot point in their evolution And to help them plan uh, strategically and purposefully Ed's the best-selling author of two books, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, as well as Raise Your Visibility and Value, Uncovering the Lost Art of Connecting on the Job, and is a podcast host. There are the books right behind him. And you're the podcast host of uh, Be Brave at Work, very, very cool title. So Ed, thank you for being with us today and uh, look forward to learning about leadership. Thank you, Rob. I'm thrilled to be here and
1: uh, chatting with
0: you. I think we'll have some fun. You know, if you can't make leadership fun, then what can you make fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been a student of leadership myself, although and love leadership books. Uh, Probably the person that I read most in that space is John Maxwell. And that may be true for a lot, a lot of people. You help both, you know, smaller organizations you've shared with me as well as larger organizations Maybe you could break down for me, you know, oftentimes people have like the five steps of success. I don't know that uh, there's such a thing for leadership, but probably there's some foundational principles. Give us some of the foundational things that you work on when you work with people in the leadership space.
1: Well, I think leadership is very complex. So I would worry if there's a book called The Five Secrets <laughs> to Leadership Success. or the <laughs> All seventh. you need to know in five steps. <laughs> right. It's that simple. So every time I work with clients, I have this mantra I talk about, which is how complex leadership is, right? That's why there are so many books and right. podcasts and articles about leadership. Yet I would tell you, Rob, that you know, there are some basic skills that most leaders need to do or do more of in order to be more successful. And some of them are so basic, it's almost embarrassing, but most people would say, I need to get better at that. One of them is listening. Mm. And so you know, learning that yours is not the only voice in the room and that you need to really listen to what others are thinking and saying and talking about is so important to help build relationships and ensure that you're making your really good progress in the direction that you want to go to. To be a great listener, you have to demonstrate curiosity. And so being a great question asker And then going silent as you listen to the answer is a great relationship to have. If you want to build the experience that you have with others and really have great relationships with your staff, demonstrating curiosity and then listening and then asking more questions based on what they've said is a great way to just deepen that relationship. And lastly, the last skill I would tell you that I think is really the word of the decade is empathy, Mm. which is this ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes Whether you agree with them a lot or like what they're saying or not, but to put yourself in their shoes and really understand where they're coming from and why they're coming from that place, again, so that you can make great progress with them. So leaders that I work with who grow in their listening skills, grow in curiosity capabilities, and grow in demonstrating empathy – Grow as leaders and organizations
0: Well, wow. You know I don't know if I intended to go in this direction I don't even know that this is a good idea But I'm going to go anyway As I listened to you I thought about the leaders of our country And I thought Wow, they could really use a lesson from Ed on what real leadership is Because it seems as though leadership and politics, no one listens to each other They don't ask each other questions They don't demonstrate any real curiosity as far as the other viewpoint What do you do in a situation like that where, you know, I'm sure you run into situations Whether it's in a corporation, a large organization where clearly People are so firm in their own opinion and maybe proud about that opinion that they hear you say those things about asking questions and curiosity, but it's just not something that they're adapting to. How do you deal with that?
1: Well, one of the big differences between a company and the federal government is that in a company, you typically have very common starting points. And very common goals. And while you would argue the federal government has common goals, they don't. Yeah. Right? One end thinks it should be XYZ. The other end thinks it should be ABC and. The big word of the day, of course, is compromise and bilateralism and things of that nature. But, you know, it's certainly a case study in a highly dysfunctional entity, which is what we will commonly know in our federal government. Uh, that wow. said, the company, you know, has a common goal. So it might be revenue generation. It might be size. It might be capacity, you know, whatever the measurements are that we use, you know, that's what we work toward. And so it's a little bit more functional to get everyone aligned to a common outcome than it is to, you know, take two people in two different parts of an organization. And of course, in an organization, unlike the federal government, the buck stops at somebody's desk. So, you know, we all want to ensure we can solve problems without the president getting involved because the president will say, here's what we're going to do. And of course, that's what we end up doing. You know, again, that doesn't exist federally, but knowing the buck stops someplace, leaders are more incentivized to come up with an answer so that they can demonstrate their leadership skills without it having to go to the president for resolution
0: nice so these people are incentivized to actually maybe embrace a lot of what you shared if there's a word that i feel personally feel like encapsulates it it's it's humility and so there seems to be i would imagine if they're calling you in that there's some dysfunction that is causing maybe uh revenues to fall off maybe there be uh you know turnover where people aren't staying on the job Losing good talent, and so I guess they're incentivized to man. I get I need to figure this out and get this straight, or I'm going to lose my job. Is that the idea? And so they're more willing to embrace the the humility it takes to be genuinely curious, because it just seems like like you said it's embarrassingly simple. But why don't people do it? Well,
1: I think there's maybe a, a bar upon which potential coaching opportunities might be created. One is the one you just described, where there's some type of dysfunction. While the capabilities of the executive are good, you know, the what they do is fantastic. How they're doing it is problematic. So they may be a fantastic attorney, they may be a fantastic real estate person, they may be a fantastic pharmacist, but how they lead others, how they inspire others is problematic. And so they need some type of objective third party person to come in and help that person see things in ways they themselves haven't been able to be successful. On the other end of the spectrum, Maybe highly uh, developed people. And these are people who are performing well and doing a great job, but yet maybe their sales capacity has grown twice its size because of an acquisition, mm. or maybe they move them from sales to marketing because they did such a great job in sales. They want to cross-pollinate them in the company, and they need help figuring some of that stuff out. So, you know, that's where most coaching engagements fall, and of course, there's a million examples in the middle. That uh, right, right, you know right. could populate that as well, but you know it, it is either due to some type of dysfunction that's important to the organization, or the growth and development of a high-performing person who they want to continue to develop and grow in that organization.
0: Last question on this part because I have some other things I want to get to, but so I'm not
1: answering any more political questions.
0: <laughs> it's not about politics, I promise. Which of those two uh, is easier to deal with? You have the one where there's dysfunction. You have the other where coaching is needed because growth. Which is easier or is there an easier to deal with?
1: I don't think there's one that's easier than the other. You know, a coach could say, I love working with people who are experiencing some type of dysfunction because if there is hope that they can make improvement and they're open to being coached and thinking about doing things in different ways and start doing them in different ways that provide some type of different outcome, you know, I'm all in, right? I'm all over that and I would love to do that. Right. I have colleagues who won't work with people who are in some area of dysfunction and only want to work with high-performing leaders to help them continue to grow. But, you know, everybody is different, every situation is different different. You know, I don't know if any of them are ever easy because they all present different challenges and outcomes that you might be focused on. But I think they're all interesting in respect to working with people to help them be more successful.
0: Good, 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 good. I would have thought it would be the dysfunction, but (laughs) I just thought I asked that they'd be tougher to deal with. But uh. so your two books are intriguing to me. You've written both books that seem to be more focused on career development. You know, which I guess from a coaching standpoint, right, that's growing your leadership, developing your career, which I I really like that idea. You talked about in Drive Your Career that there are nine and maybe there are many more than nine, but you talk about nine high impact ways uh, to take responsibility for your own success. Give me a couple of those and you know, that you think might most benefit those that are listening. You know Things that they can do that, man, this is going to make a big impact on my potential success in the future.
1: The reason there are nine, uh, Rob, was as I was thinking back over my coaching career, which has been about 14 years doing one-on-one leadership coaching and team coaching, I began to notice that there were certain stories that continued to come up that applied to everyone. So whether it was a company president or a team supervisor, these stories just came up. I didn't bring them up purposefully. You know, the client would talk about what they're experiencing or how things are going. And I'd say, well, gee, have you thought about this or tell me more about that? And. I think I had one of those shower moments where I said, you know, I'm beginning to see this pattern of stories. Maybe I should share them with the world. Let me start making note of them. And I started to make note of them and there were nine of them. And so these are really nine behaviors that I believe all leaders should think about and explore in respect to uh, making great progress at work and being more of a driver of your career to ensure you're going where you want versus being a passenger, which many people are where they just. Are where they are and don't know how they got there or don't know why they're there or don't like where they are Mm. and want to do things a little bit differently. So, you know, a couple of stories I would share. Chapter one has to do with having a positive relationship with your boss. And I would tell you that 85% of my clients over the last 14 years wish they had a more positive relationship with their boss. I'm not saying that they were enemies, but they just wished that it was a little bit better than it was. And so. You know, in that one thing that people can do is really ensure that they're having a conversation with their boss at some point, demonstrating curiosity, right? One of those great skills yeah. about what your boss's goals and objectives are. Right. I'm here to help you be successful. I'm here to help our organization be successful. But I can't do that if I don't know what your goals and objectives are. Do you want to be president? Do you wanna are you happy where you are? You know, help me understand what's important to you so I can work on that. So wow, you know, by doing that. You know, it really ensures your boss knows that you're focused on them and it helps build a more effective relationship.
0: That is a gold nugget right there for people that are employed as an employer and had a a small business, but with a couple dozen employees for a long time. It's hard to imagine even how I would feel if people asked me that question. Right. I can imagine that a very, very tiny percentage Of people ever do that And the ones that do Holy cow What a potential improvement On that relationship That might be I love that Great Give me another one
1: (laughs) Yeah well and, And to your point It's not a conversation Happening in Organizations around the globe Ironically Yet it can help you Dramatically I think the second story I would tell you Is in a chapter called Play the hand you've been dealt And oftentimes when I meet with clients, they love talking about their current experience and what's going on and what's wrong and why it's a problem and it's never their fault and, you know, all this type of stuff. And I'll listen politely to their story and their situation. And then when they're done, I'll ask what I think is a very important question. So what are you going to do about it? Right. So thank you for sharing with me all of that. What are you going to do about it? Because most of us have been dealt a hand, just like in a poker game, and it's the hand we've been dealt. And some people are dealt a great hand. And some people are dealt a poor hand, but regardless of what you've been dealt, that's the hand you've been dealt. So it's great to talk about the past, but you have to talk about what you're going to do in order to influence it in a possible way. And in the book, we talk about three options, which is true for a poker game. Uh, one is to fold. And I've had many clients who decide that they want to move on, that this was not a good career choice or not a good company or they don't fit the culture, whatever it might be. And yeah. that doesn't happen often, but that can happen. The second is where most of my clients are, which is bluffing. The <laughs> where they're pretending things are better than they really are. uh, And they work for someone they don't like or have a role they don't really understand and bluff and pretend it's better than it is. And bluffing can work very short term, but it is not a good long-term strategy. Hmm. And then the last is taking action. And that's where I come in, which is, you know, how can I turn in a couple of cards and work to get a better hand? And it might take a few times, but the goal is to take action and do things a little bit differently so that you can have a more positive impact in your organization.
0: Love it. I thought you were going to say that. The third was to double down, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, maybe that that's that's the fourth. That's the fourth. You know, whoever's listening, you need to go get the book. I mean, that, that those were two fantastic stories and great analogies. And the cool thing is that there's a lot of real actionable advice, especially in the first one, you know, just. Simple questions that can be asked that can really make a difference in that relationship. And then, of course, I always feel like if people know what the options are, then they can choose one of those options. So to lay it out as clearly as you can fold, you can bluff, or you can move forward in some way or another, play the hand love that. Good stuff. I imagine the other seven are just as fantastic. So uh, we'll give some links to the books and where people can get some more information. Give me a little bit of, of why for Ed. You know, you've written two books, you have a podcast. These things are very, very powerful tools to grow your impact, grow your influence. Tell me a little bit, about the books themselves you you wrote one in 2017 you wrote one that uh, published last year in 2020 why did you write the books what was your goal for them and then have you like realized that goal like how have your books really done things for you brought you clients you know got you opportunities etc maybe you can kind of lay the groundwork for that
1: Well, I think the books that I've written, I have written for, I think, is a very probably obvious reason, which is to help spread the word even more than I can do one on one. I only work with, you know, 20 to 30 clients a year right? So, I, you know, I don't work with, you know, tens of thousands of people. And not that I've sold that many books. But, you know, when you put it in book form, now anybody has the ability to hear advice, ideas, recommendations, experiences of somebody who considers themselves to be an expert in this arena. So, you know, my hope is whether they purchase Raise Your Visibility and Value or Drive Your Career, that you leave with the insights and ideas and experiences that I've had encapsulated in a written form. And each of the books have ideas and recommendations. So, it's not just talking about these areas, but what you can do in a very simple way in order to make great progress. And you know, for me, Rob, the book has really provided me an opportunity to be more on a platform to be talking about what it is that I have written and have identified are important to others in respect to being more visible. My first book, Raised Visibility and Value, talked about you know, how to get past networking to a much bigger arena, which is the arena of visibility within your organization and industry. And so that's very important to me. And I want to ensure that within the coaching industry and in the leadership development industry, I'm very visible in respect to the work that I'm doing. And a book's a great way to help get the word out and ensure that people know what you're doing and why you're doing it. So, you know, for me, I think the return has been more in helping me stay visible in my marketplace
0: love it. And do you have any examples of like, uh, you know, how the book brought you a client or got you a speaking engagement or, you know, how have you used it to not just accidentally raise your visibility, but like proactively and what kind of results have you seen from it?
1: It definitely has helped in respect to speaking opportunities. So it provides a terrific platform and you know not just my book but anybody who's written a book right can share the core concepts and ideas that they are, are presenting with others so it's definitely has provided me speaking opportunities podcast opportunities yeah. <laughs> articles that are written encapsulating core you know concepts etc from the book also current clients are a great resource so a number of current clients have Purchase copies of the book. And I've hosted meetings at their organization talking about some of the core concepts and really taking the actions we've talked about and helping them make them actionable for them. Because it's not one action that fits everybody. It's an action that you need to modify and apply to your world and your situation in order to make great progress. So uh, current clients are a great resource. And you know people love Talking to authors, Uh, you know, I'm not sure why I was talking about this this morning with somebody that, you know, people just think an author has encapsulated ideas in a written fashion and hence are experts on that topic. Right. So uh, I do consider myself an expert, but it's a great way
0: to really connect with others and spread the word. Love it. Well, look, you shared just two of the nine high impact ways And, you know, how did you come up with that? Well, like you said, you were thinking about it. You started to see, you know, the patterns develop. You had to, you know, take maybe this unconscious ability that you had and make it conscious, you know, put it in a a format that somebody else could learn from, engage with, etc. You did the work. And because you did the work. Of course, you deserve to be looked at as an expert and an authority. Most others are not willing to do the work. And so I I congratulate you wholeheartedly for that. And obviously, you've done a great job with your work because your examples were very good and, you know, like lively, easy to see the power that if you simply, you know, did what you suggest, you would immediately get some kind of results. So good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, Thank you. Love it. So I guess, lastly, the whole idea, I, I don't remember which book came first, and forgive me for that, Drive Your Career or Raise Your your Visibility, which did it uh-
1: Raise Your Visibility and Value was published in 2017.
0: Okay, so the drive your career is the newer. Are you working on anything right now? Obviously, you have your podcast and and you're doing that and you do speaking engagements and that sort of thing. So is there a next iteration for Ed, for Excelsius leadership development, et cetera? Where is this going for you?
1: Well, uh, since you're asking a question, I will give you a honest answer. I'm actually working on my third book, Fantastic. So I'm working with a, a book coach right now to formulate the table of contents. And to no great surprise, it's going to be called Be Brave at Work. Oh, nice. I did not know that that was it. Okay, good. Yeah. So, good. you know, when I started the podcast, I didn't realize I would become a student of bravery in the workplace, but I have interviewed... You know, by the time the book's published, a couple of hundred people on bravery at work, what it means to them, how they define it, examples. And I have really have formulated through all of those conversations, my own impressions of what bravery at work means, how you can be braver at work. And so it was just a very natural iteration to take this data and combine it into a book form. So I am a big fan of three. So three books, that'll be it but that's going to be published in the fall of 2023.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, congratulations. Obviously, we have a couple years for that yet, but we will uh, we will be looking and paying attention. So, in the meantime, how can people best reach you, Ed? Whether it's your podcast, give us some links that we can send some folks to that want to learn a little bit more.
1: If you want to learn about me or the books I've written, you can go to Excelius.com. That's www. E-X-C-E-L-L-I-U-S dot com. If you'd like to hear any of the pre-recorded podcast, you can go to uh, bebraveatwork.com and all of the recorded podcasts since we started them in December of 2019. And I think any of them are fantastic. We're briefer in respect to our conversations. They last anywhere from 18 to 22 minutes. And, uh, you know, so it's not a huge commitment on anybody's part to sit and listen to something for, you know, an hour. But uh, the goal is to really talk about bravery at work and how to get better at it.
0: Love it. Love it. Ed, thank you. Thanks for sharing uh, authentically with us today and being a a part of the Publish Profit Podcast. Great to have you here, my friend.
1: Great, Rob. I loved speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you.